0: Hey, welcome back. This is part two of introducing myself. Because if you have listened to part one, you would have realized that it was actually not really an introduction, but I kind of got carried away talking about things that are important to me. And that's why um, I've just left the episode the way that it was, because I, you know, I feel I'm, I'm driven by something bigger than my brain sometimes. Uh, And I don't know if you believe in those things, I'm a lot into astrology these days because I'm part of a program that's um, that's more like for entrepreneur and learning how to navigate uh, your business life, having multiple passion And the person who's um, who's teaching us in this program, she is herself someone with multiple passions and one of them is astrology and therefore even though it's not at all an astrology class or program it's it's part of her and it's part of her belief so there's a lot that is being passed on to us and I'm telling you astrology is not something that I've ever had like an interest in like oh I want to learn about that I I mean I know it exists I think we all have like a basic understanding on what astrology is. Um, You know, at the very least, you probably have read once your horoscope somewhere or interested in knowing, uh, you know, what it is said about you, if you are this or that sign, just as like an introspection or just because we were interested, I think, to a bigger or smaller level. But I think everybody is interested in knowing in getting to learn themselves a bit more than what they know, especially in moments of our life where things get a bit blurry and we feel we we, we lose our sense of direction. I think these are the moments when astrology or other approach uh, that are uh, like telling us that there's something bigger than ourselves and our own brain that is guiding us uh, for sure, for some, it's going to be religion, uh, for some other people, it's astrology, and I don't know what else it could be, uh, but yeah, so why, why did I get there? I don't know, <laughs> but astrology, yes, I was saying uh, in my previous, so in part one of my introduction, I started to talk and I think I was there guided by, um, I don't know if it was by my moon energy or something like that, But this is something that I find interesting, so I'm just going to do like one more side note here. Uh, We all have our solar sign, which is the sign that we all know. For example, I was born uh, in of May, and therefore my astrological solar sign is Gemini. And then we also have our um, ascending and our descending, um, you know, like sign. And depending on where the moon was when we were born, this also has an influence on us. And I don't know if some of you are uh, also into human design, but actually I studied human design a little bit, actually more than astrology. And it's funny how there too, we always have like our... I mean, there's always two parts, this, is the sun and, and the moon. And the sun is what's visible to the other people, is our, our yang energy, the masculine. And the moon is more the feminine and the part that maybe only our closest um, friend or people or family would know about us. And I think that more and more, uh, I, I want to connect with that part of me uh and 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 i mean connect with all parts of me actually because i think they're all here for a reason and okay you might not need to be interested in astrology or even believe in it but one thing that because it's a it's a science although it's not an exact science it's a science and therefore the moment the precise moment and location where we were each born uh obviously the planets were aligned in a certain way and therefore have uh, an influence on who we are, on the the parts of us that we are very aware of and the parts that we are not so aware of. And I was just talking about in moments of life where we kind of lose maybe a sense of who we are or we kind of lose our purpose and we don't really know where we're going, uh, it's interesting to at least have the curiosity to see, what is our, you know, like astrology saying about us and just take whatever is interesting and leave whatever it's not. And to me, at least this is, you know, like how I navigate um, in, in this time. And, uh, and this is a part that uh, I'm learning. So anyway, going back to introducing myself um i was i was saying in the in the first part about my parents and the cultural background difference and the standards that have been set in my head as i have been a bit programmed to have some aspirations on how to look and what success would mean for me although i haven't developed that so much so i'm gonna um just resume there um so career-wise, I think I want to talk about that because career starts with your studies, right? Uh we usually decide uh for some people it's very early at a very early age. Uh, they decide on a path and they stick to it and they're happy and they're fulfilled. And I'm always so I would say admirative of people who know from a very young age what it is that they want to do, and, and this is their path, and they seem to have a lot of clarity. Uh I would say for uh, people who choose like an artistic uh, career, it might be true because it's it's something and sometimes it's because your family is in there as well. So it just makes sense because they know and they can guide you and maybe make sense when your passion aligns with that of your, of your siblings or your parents. It might be, I'm not even sure, but uh, I guess it depends on what. What is your, um, what's the education uh, style in your household too? But so for me, it was quite different because I came from um, so two, two different cultures, let's say, but I was born and raised in France, in Paris. And so I grew up with a very French mentality surrounding me and with two parents really doing their best. So I would fit in and I think, therefore, they really tried not to um, pass on a lot of their culture to me, although I think naturally it would happen. And I know that, although I consider myself like very French in the way that I, I think, although I lived out of France for about 15 years, it's also kind of getting away from me a little bit. But I also recognize myself a little bit in the Japanese culture. And I've had like a few Japanese friends throughout the years, living as an expat in different places. And I can tell like certain things that they say or do in certain situation. I know that. I get them while other people with very different culture might not or not at the same level. And I, you know, and sometimes I internally smile because I'm like, this is so Japanese. And and it is, right? Like each culture has its its, um, things and maybe it's stereotypes, but um, a lot tend to also be uh, founded on some truth. And so I recognize myself in there, which I think makes me like a person who's quite sensitive to cultural differences. And I tend to, I really want to, you know, like respect that and honor that. And I think it's beautiful and not something that we should hide. But for me, I grew up really with the concept of actually to be happy, you need to hide. And that's something that my dad always used to say. There's a part of his life that I always will be a mystery to me. but I'm not going to go into there. Uh, but there's a lot of things that I do not know and that I think I will never know about my dad, like a part of his life that's a bit, um, yeah, like a mystery, let's just say. And he, he always repeated, especially in France, that, oh, if you want to be happy, you know, like don't uh, be discreet. And that's true. In France, it's a country where when people are successful, there's always going to be like a either a question mark, as in, hmm, you know, skepticism around that, or jealousy. And that's why a lot of people would break things if they think they're too nice. Or, um, I, I don't know, there's a lot of things like this in France that, although I love my country, I also know, like, it's downsides. And being successful there is not something you can always talk about because you have to be considerate of other people not having the same situation. Whereas, for example, a more Anglo-Saxon approach uh, in the US or even here in Hong Kong, if you're successful, well, that's something that you can be proud of and you can inspire people more so than um, feeling you're attracting, you know, like jealousy or negative comments. So this is something that I grew up with. So if you are, if you want to be happy, you cannot be too loud. You cannot be obvious. It's better to be discreet and you know be more like you know, um, yeah, like don't don't speak about it too much. As well as a big part of my upbringing is, and that I think is the biggest part of me, that I don't always talk about because it just doesn't come up in, you know, dinners or parties. Uh, But is that I I lived um, a big part of my life thinking I need to, well, in a way, hide who I am or that I'm not good enough. So I have to pretend being somebody else. So this is, I think, the biggest thing that I'm fighting in this life and I'm trying to rebuild. And let me tell you why or where I think it comes from. So, my dad was born in uh, Romania, and he he was Jewish. Again, I say past tense because my father passed already a while back. So he was Jewish, and so is was is his family. And they left their country, and they went a bit everywhere in the world. And he, after like different uh, situations ended up living in France and my grandparents were there too and they changed their names actually so my last name well the last name you know of me is my husband's name so even different but even my my maiden's name is not my real initial name i had like a very very uh i would say jewish name and quite difficult to pronounce uh well at least in france so my I think it was my grandfather decided to change it so it would be easier for us to integrate right and sound more French too and I know this is amazing that they went through this effort I don't know how much effort it required at that time but for sure they did that with the best of interest at heart they did that so my my parents, my sister and I would have less difficulties integrating, maybe have less questions and, and all of that. So I do know and I do appreciate what they did. But I think subconsciously what it did is that it gave me the impression that, oh, our last name isn't good enough, so we have to change it, right? And uh, so this is, you know, a little thing that now I understand why they did it. But back then, I think I haven't been really explained in some words I would understand back as a child. And it just stay there as like a question mark. Just me assuming things. Oh, I just assume then that it's, it's for that. Like we're not good enough. We're not good people enough. So we have to somehow pretend to be somebody else. I know it's not that. But I think at some level it felt that way. Another thing is... I okay and uh, if my husband listens to this, it'll be like, oh, again, this story, because it always comes up uh, because I was born as a lefty. And now this is it's funny because it's a conversation because our son is also a lefty. Uh, and so I was born as a lefty, meaning I use my left hand for everything, basically. But when it comes to learning how to write, I think my mom at that time kind of asked the teacher or just herself, let's say, encouraged me. Uh, not to say forced me, to learn how to write with my right hand. And I understand, because obviously if we're in Japan, you write from right to left, so it's not such of a problem. But in France, and in most uh, you know countries, we write from left to right, meaning that if you write with your left hand, it's going to smudge the whole page, and that's going to be not practical and, quote-unquote, and dirty. And for my mom, that was not uh That was not how it was done. So I've learned how to use my right hand to write, and I know again, like I said in part one, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that um, judging. Uh, For me, I say that even with a smile now, and I know, like my parents always had the best of intention, but it's just that the way you receive it as a child just leaves leaves some marks, you know, as you as you grow up, and I think. Uh, how it translated to me was oh I'm not good enough the way that I am writing with my left hand therefore I have to change who I am and I have to learn how to do things in a different way than what I would naturally do and there were like these are just like few examples but there were like quite a lot of examples like that as I grew up that I received in the end the message that I'm not good enough, just the way that I am, I have to work towards being someone else. And I know some remarks I might have heard in the past that, oh, um, sometimes I, I might give the impression that I'm a bit standoffish or that I'm, I don't know, maybe not so uh, approachable. I don't know. I always feel that I am, but maybe I'm. that's not the impression that I give. And I think it comes from always worrying about oh, what are people going to think or am i going to be good enough to fit in there am i going to be good enough or do i have to already you know like try to rewire my brain into doing something differently uh, than i wouldn't i wouldn't normally do because otherwise i'm not going to be accepted and i think i'm talking about that today like i said in part 1 i have not prepared anything i haven't scripted anything Uh, Because I think somehow I knew that if I scripted something, maybe I would just go somewhere else uh, and and just doing it that way today was a good exercise for me to see what would come out, you know, (laughs) trying to introduce myself in a different way than what you do when you meet people at a networking event. Uh, you know what I'm saying, just introducing myself like the real me, like this is the real me. What I'm sharing with you today is really like the real me and the things that have been present in my life uh, or subconsciously or at a different level that today I really want to bring a light on because one sentence that really uh, is important uh, as I got to learn it is you cannot heal what you don't reveal. And so I think for me now, like a big exercise, and it's quite uncomfortable, I must say, but I'm learning how to be uh, comfortable, being uncomfortable is just, you know, being or accepting who I am, the way that I am, with my flows, with my uh, conditioning, with the culture that I carry with me, Uh, all of that is part of me and I don't think that's one part that's better than the other and by doing that one thing that I I want to bring like one of the changes that I want to bring in this world is allowing other people to be themselves to talk about themselves in the way that they want uh, to be aware that a lot of choices that were made that were made around them we're with good intentions but it doesn't mean that they were the best choices and that now as adults we have the option to change the course of how things are being done for us or around us or by us and i think this is kind of the core of my mission here so i'm gonna leave you guys with this i thank you so very much for listening again like these two episodes Uh, I feel that I I might not have brought a lot (laughs) on on a topic to be discussed or to uh, awaken a level of consciousness. Uh, Or maybe I did just by sharing my story. And uh, I love to hear people's story. And and usually it's through these parts of their story that I do find inspiration as well. So um, I think this is my way of, of contributing to that energy. So uh, take care, my friends, and I'll talk to you soon in another episode. Bye.